Welcome back to New Kids part. Radio. Um, this is Honey. Yes, I am back for this episode. I'm so sorry. Finally. That I was absent. You like where's Wanda? I? I'm Wanda. Or I'm Karma Wanda. San Diego. Exactly. Yes. I'm always on the move. Whoever finds Honey gets a prize. <laughs> Loki, if you see me on the street and you'd be like, where was you at? Where my the prize? They're going to be like, where my prize at? <laughs> we'll have you on the podcast one day and you can come and hang out with us. But I'm here with Maynard Shirai, as usual. See you guys. Woo-woo. Hey, y'all. And I want to make sure I pronounce your name correctly, like your whole name. Oh, so. That was rough for me, even until like the second grade. Ooh. <laughs> Good luck. Ooh. <laughs> here we go. Try it out. Go for it. Kwaku. 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 Mm-hmm. Osebonsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was only up. It's like a little, it's a song, you know. Kwaku. Osebonsu. Well, my name, <laughs> my name is, it's, it's not hard, but like, Phonetically, people look at it and they just fuck it up all the time. So that's why everybody calls me Honey. But it's Hania. Hania. Yes. Okay. I have a boy's so name and my last name mm. is <laughs> it's a literal exactly. pencil. So they'd be like, pencil? Yes, yes, my last name is pencil. pencil. I always get Sharia, like Mariah. I still spell your name wrong. Sharia. Yeah, Sharia. No. I introduced myself to a lady earlier and she continued to call me Sharia the rest of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, click with our guest for today. Um, let's start off with the question of the day. I know this is not a sports podcast, and I know not all of you are today. basketball, but shout out to Dub Nation. Yes, Whatever. Dub what Nation. What y'all for in the NBA Finals last night? That's what I want to know. I mean, I was just rooting for Golden State because I'm anti anything Dan Gilbert, so that's just me. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I'm glad they won. It, it was nice. I think that uh, Steph Curry should have been MVP. Oh, uh, no way. me, but, you know. Well, wow. I was rooting for LeBron. Wow. Ugh. Because, what you mean why? Because LeBron, LeBron is like one of the greatest players to ever live. That's why. He's a great That's player, cool, but I think he's, he's a punk. the greatest team. I mean, it's in Ohio, so. <laughs> exactly. Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're not talking about right now. We're talking about LeBron. Um, I think they lost because of the Kardashian case. Yes. No, I, I I think I figured out why they lost yesterday. Why the like, I sat there and I watched this whole game. And I think at some point it turned from, like, physical basketball to kind of mental. Honestly, I feel like once, they stopped caring. Once Tristan Thompson or whatever, Tristan Kardashian is what I've been calling mm-hmm. it. This whole time. Uh, <laughs> once him and uh, David West got into it, and they like J.R. Smith came run over. It was like pretty much over after. Oh, when they kissed? Yeah, yeah. when they was oh, kissing. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom, it was crazy because you know, like how last year people were talking about, or Aisha Curry was saying, like it's rigged, and people yeah. were calling her all crazy type of names. My mom says that every game that we it's about we're doing money research, it's about money. Every game that the NBA doesn't broadcast during the finals is sixty-one million dollars. Yes, lost. So like the association will tell those referees to throw the game and not the team. Yeah, just like they said they would have lost like $122 million if they would have swept the Cavaliers. That's crazy. So I knew they were going to go one more game. And I kind of figured, I'm like, if we let Cleveland get back home with it, it's over. We might as well kiss this championship goodbye. Honestly, I feel like the Cavs stopped caring at one point too. They just were like, eh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would agree. But I, I have to say, though, it sounds like the Kevin Durant curse is over. You know what I mean? It's over. It yeah. must be. People kept, like... See, and I have such a love-hate relationship with him now, too, because, like, I do not blame him at all for getting with the winning team. Like, I don't you either. Win, you like, where the money if is. If somebody offers you a promotion, I don't care if it's the competitor or whatever, you gonna go, you gonna get your money. I don't understand. <laughs> But I we did have to talk That's about, oh, you know, Russell is my bro and it's my family and I ain't never going to leave this team week and rate. He didn't have to sell it. He it was in the moment. It was in the moment. But, but see, you shouldn't have said it on camera. Yeah. Right. But okay, see, that's kind of like the tale of like, 
excuse me, like weakness, like you kind of have to have the foresight to know, like, you know what? I'm just not going to say that. Because, because I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Well, and you just got to be able to know yourself well enough, like, that's a lie. Like, <laughs> if, I a if I for GM and Chrysler come to me with like 20K more, sorry. I love y'all. Yes, I work. My we, parents worked for you for 30 years, but I'm out. Like, I was just following y'all on Twitter and whatnot. <laughs> but I'm out. You know, like, come on. Do not play. So. Anyways, that's that. So, city updates, things happening on the scene. Not too much for the rest of this month. Um, we still have Sid Nudes, which is on the calendar, which is uh, a show happening at the Baltimore Gallery, June 23rd, um, from 7 to 10. It's presented by Erin. Jerk and Jaloff is the 24th oh. as well. Yes, Jerk and Jaloff is the next day. Yes, at the Majestic Theater. Um, and for the 9-9, presented by Squad, shout out to Squad, it's going to be sometime in July because them Negroes have not dropped the date yet. So if I hear this, drop the date. Thanks. Uh, so that's Office City Happenings, I think. Um, some talk about some current events, a few hot topics, um, some city happenings. So I work downtown. Not going to tell y'all where I work. However, <laughs> word on the street is that Kit Nate's closed. So you guys it know that. But Lululemon is coming. going to be replacing Kit Nate's. Okay. And there's going to be a dog ass sale. Of course. <laughs> and Kit Nate's closed because yeah. now Bedrock owns all the clothes because they defaulted on their lease. So Lululemon is downtown, right? That's yeah. cool. <laughs> they have nice, like, you know, functional. $40 leggings. Yes. No, well, I mean, I was thinking Kit and A. So, oh, like, yeah. they have all, like, cashmere blends, like, $90, like, $90 t-shirts, <laughs> you know, so I'm But if it feels real nice on your skin, you know. It does. It does. But it does not feel nice on your bank account. No. <laughs> Them, them uh, discounts will be very nice on my pockets. They will. They will. Um, there's also, did you see, Jermaine, the grand jury I, you know I did. investigation into you the demolition program that, uh, what is his name? Our y'all mayor is doing. <laughs> oh. Who's mayor? Just like y'all president. She's <laughs> going, oh, I don't live in Detroit, so. You live in with Detroit. He ain't my mayor. mayor. I don't. <laughs> Yes, I did see that. And I, you know what? I'm not surprised because it had been talked about for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the program itself had been um, under investigation for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the first time I'm actually seeing his name associated publicly with the investigation. Um, so I'm interested to see what the outcome will be. Uh, because, of course, it has an impact on our communities. Mm-hmm. These abandoned properties. Um, and, Yeah. That's crazy. Yes, it is. Great, great. It is. Um, right on time. The elections are coming out. Yes, elections <laughs> right are coming. <laughs> I am backing Ingrid Lafleur because okay, I yeah, love her. Ingrid. Go Ingrid. So much. She's is a she right-hand candidate. Yeah. Okay, um, Whoever it is, just somebody brown. Please. Yes. She's just, a gorgeous brown woman. I'm yes, kind of thinking is. she's the same girl that just spoke at the uh, E-Course graduation. She's like 22 years old. No, not no, that's, no, uh, that's, that's the Michigan State. Michigan State. Okay. Ingrid Lafleur does a lot of things with. Yeah, she's a little bit older. I think she's in her late 30s, early 40s. She does a lot of things with One Mile Detroit, right on the corner from here. Actually, she's so cool. That would be nice to have her on the podcast. Yeah, I was thinking of getting the old girl. I was like, yeah, I'm going to just grab my and just swooped in on her. Like, all of, all I want this podcast. Y'all should Ken Snap. Exactly. Because he worked at the ring with us. <laughs> yes. That's going to be Turn up. Um, so, about this new green space they put downtown. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, in the middle of what we <laughs> I have thoughts, but we... Yes. My, my thing is, I take the bus. Um, a bus rider. I do not like cars. I just don't can't do it. 
that's gonna reroute all the buses like in the middle of the city i'm not for that okay but this is my question because the space if i'm not mistaken the space that's blocked off is that block or half a block right between um Uh, larnett and And jefferson Jefferson. yes so what buses turn that way dexter bus turns that way so like at city hall there is right the the depot Mm -hmm, the depot and that's the dexter bus that's shane that's Vernon. because larnett is a one way though larnett is a one way this way but they can no it's not it goes that way so they can't turn there they can't turn there this on the city hall building where the spirit of detroit is yeah when you you make that right off jefferson on the i'm talking about coming towards coming from like cobo hall so if you're coming towards cobo hall from cobo hall towards the city of detroit yeah they turn that left there Barnett goes east. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, they can't so there's turn. a little depot. No, they can't turn there, but it's blocked off, so they can no longer turn, get there. make that yeah, yeah make, it make that, that turn. Depot. So now they have to like either go on Jefferson or go. It's just gonna be crazy, and I don't understand it. Like we got hella parks in the city. Why couldn't you just use? Now I will say they they are um they are trying to do park revitalization um in certain areas because I have walked past a few parks in mm-hmm. my neighborhood. Yeah, that we're I've getting remodeled um, and I think Gordon. It's over there on like Rosa Parks. Yeah, and, the one by my yeah. I forget. Gordon uh, Atkins. So they are trying to renovate some of the city parks, which I do appreciate. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like this, I'm gonna. They it's supposed to be up for ninety days. It's like a trial period. Right, right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk the space yeah. and you know check it out before I deliver my full critique because it might be nice. It might, it, it might cute. be nice. Everything they put down there is real cute. Like, I like what they did with the middle area. Yeah, yeah. That was nice. That plaza. Yeah, that, that that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Shariah, you gonna have to come downtown. Mm-hmm. Let's figure it out. It's actually like kind of you know. Cute. No, I'm just playing. I like going downtown. It's just a, it's a drive. Yeah, being that 75 is shut down, so I can't get back home. Oh yeah. So yeah, they turned my like 25, 30 minute drive into like 45 sometimes coming from downtown. So. I'll see y'all in 2018, though. <laughs> when, they they yeah, when they open it back up. Yeah. Okay, his next And topic. last one for our hot topics today. I have one more I want to add, though. Okay. We can add one more. This XXL freshman list. Have y'all seen it? Trash. Mm-hmm. All trash. Not all trash. Not all trash. But it's kind of been trash for the last few years. Yes. Like, they put a... So, uh, what was his name? When they changed him into a trash bag on a little meme? What's the white guy? I can't think of what his name is. I'm like, oh, oh my goodness. goodness. I mean, but after the chance one, it was pretty much done. Right? That was it. Once I saw Iggy. Lil Dicky, that's his name. Oh. I didn't see when they turned him into that trash bag. <laughs> I saw Eddie on the cover, and I was like, who made this decision? Like, yeah. why is Iggy was on one of the year's covers? Oh, yeah. And I was like, who made this decision? But this, this cover that just came out recently, there are maybe like two people on that cover that hmm. I'm familiar with. Uh, Amine. Amine. Oh, and it's crazy because his shirt has like all the different pronunciations of his name or how people get it. It's like so that. funny. Oh, and Kamaya. And Kamaya. And why is there only one woman? Like, why is Cardi B not on this cover? Why is Cardi B not on? Why is T Grizzly? Kamaya. T Grizzly's not on this. T Grizzly is not on this cover. It is Kamaya, a boogie with a hoodie. I don't know who that is. A boogie with a hoodie. A boogie is actually kind of dope, though. She's so funny. PMB Rock. 
X X the oh the the dude who got stopped on stage. How do you say his name? Who knows? Tentacles. Tentacles. Yep. Maiden Maiden Ugly God. Maiden Tile. Thank you. Ugly God. I like Ugly God. Fuck with Ugly God. It's funny. You should listen to it. And that's something I don't put on like in a party, but I like show somebody's video because yes. it's funny. Um, okay. Kat G and Kyle. Kyle. Shout out to Kyle, whoever you are. Cause Cardi B yourself. Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> All right. Okay, Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see Cardi B on that list. Yes. I'm Cardi here for Cardi B. Cardi B should definitely been on that list. I like, love Cardi B. Cupcake, she should have too. Even, um, what should we call Nokia. it? Uh, what's the, um, from Detroit. Cash Dog. Yeah, Cash Dog. Oh, yeah, Cash Dog. Oh, yes, oh my God. Because we all know. We for are everybody. Though. Yes. <laughs> she can work right now. Yeah. So she can't really even do yeah. what she has because of her contract. That's okay. Oh, she still could have been like, She yeah. can be on it next year, but like. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. You know. It's never too late. She is up next, though. I'm going to start rapping this year. Hey. I'm going to be in your video. I was going to say, can I be one of your back? I was just going to say, like, just let me curl off. I am learning how to DJ right now. Hey. I really want to add that to my arsenal. I think DJing would be like, bring everything that I do together. How about I'll just come to y'all events and dance? Because that's what I'm good at. That's what So, Shamari, what's this topic? Okay, so can we talk about these Kardashians and their stealing of these designs? Girl, yes. Like, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this because I can't with you. You're going to put on this basic fatigue somebody bikini said, somebody, and talk about you did it first. Somebody said that the design looked like a four local can. And when yes. I probably. I, 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 I fell out laughing. That was hilarious. But this is not the first time. <laughs> it's crazy because this is not the first time it's happened. No, it's not. No, it's not. And, and then they do the sequence swimsuit. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's stolen. It's yep. yeah. And then uh, the one girl kept her emails and stuff yeah. back and forth she with uh, Chloe. Yeah, she clapped back home. And I love Chloe. Like, Chloe's my favorite Kardashian. Yeah. I've always been Team Chloe up yeah. until that. now, like yeah. no ma'am. See, my only thing with this particular instance of them stealing is one, I get how it could be stealing, but it is army fatigue. People have been dressing you, yeah. in army fatigue. I think it was more about the style, though. And like, even that you you ordered it, was it literally from this yeah, lady. But, but Heather Sanders, one of Kylie's really really good friends, has Cinderella boutique, and they have a similar outfit in their boutique as well. So it's like, and like you said, like the fact that she ordered. The clothes from and this then girl. You yeah. have your like rep or whoever. And like a lot of clothes. Spine. Yes, mm-hmm. not just an outfit. Like she got the whole entire catalog. Then she has this email where like, oh my god, I love your products, blah blah blah. Like you not you not helping yourself, sis. Like and then you just be discreet. Just be discreet. My thing is the reason why this is a moot point is because like the Kardashians been stealing Everything. culture. <laughs> Hairstyles, everything. Body parts, body parts. They've been stealing for decades, so it's like, why? Do, why don't we treat them like the uncle that's been stealing from us for all these years? You can't come in my house. No, because <laughs> as soon as I got the email, nope, sorry, no, nope, it's not for sale. Nope, <laughs> suddenly nope. it's not for sale. Nope. Like, it's gone. I sold out just, just right. Matter of fact, I would just know. post at that point. I wouldn't sell it. I would just post an email on the gram like the Kardashians wanted my stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Man, I think it was real good press for us and them. Listen, it was like, I think it's more of like money driven. And I think it goes to show like how a lot of entrepreneurs can make the mistake of not protecting themselves um, and protecting their brand. But at the same time, like you said, like it's kind of hard because you you can't copyright the design because like we said, it's army fatigue that's been around for decades. And it's fashion is so wise. Yeah, and fashion's been in the Yeah, yeah, they just got in trouble for uh, their Tupac merchandise at the end. And Puma just lost their suit against Forever 21 for the Fenty slides that they 
been kind yep, of yeah. so it's like, like you gotta at least be prepared to take action though like I feel like these particular people because of the fact that they went straight to Twitter mm-hmm. they're not prepared yeah, they don't have for that type of lawyer Everybody you know, needs to lawyer up. On top of lawyering up, though, I say to these people who's getting these designs copy, like, come harder. How are you mad about somebody stealing your screen print Tupac t-shirt? Bro, <laughs> like, dude at Northland was making that back in 98. How are you mad about these Fenty slides? Furry slippers were at the beauty supply for years. Like, I'm not trying to hear this. <laughs> that's what we probably got her you, That's what I'm saying. You don't own this either. Like, come on. Like, yeah. I would have clapped back at them in court. Like, look, honestly, we both stole. So, if anything. <laughs> we both in trouble. We but both in trouble. But I'm not paying you anything. For, like, no. young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs, I think a lot of times they think that getting that legal advice is going to cost them a lot of money. It is. It's not, it is. Well, not necessarily. I mean, there are. <laughs> consultation. Yeah, like, yeah, consultations. Yeah. Um, you know, like Wayne State has a free clinic that they do mm-hmm. like uh, in the wintertime um, where people can go through like 501c3 help, you know, right. legal advice. It, I just was getting ready to post an event on my website where um, it's SWAT City. They have lawyers come in and do like quarterly Q&A sessions for people. It is free. You can come in and ask legal advice and they actually want to help you. So there are opportunities out there. Now, if you're trying to go in depth and like get a specific answer to a specific question, more than likely you're going to have to pay. Yeah. But to just get a general sense of what you need to do, how you need to go about things, what you need to have, you can get that information anywhere. Right, and it's yeah, like it's, like, it's like a cost benefit analysis kind, yeah. kind of deal. Like, mm-hmm. so what? It may cost me a lot now, but is it worth my brand? Is like, it, because yeah. true benefit. As crazy as it seems, the Kardashians do have the ability to shut those brands down because their following is so much bigger, yeah. and they have so they many have the more money. The they have the money. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, if I would have just paid this money at that time, I could have saved myself from saved all of this. And honestly, like, yeah, it is expensive to get a lawyer, but like. Again, I'm sorry. I just, I'm not saying I'm not here for the excuses, but to a certain extent, I'm not because it's like every day you look on the gram. I mean, it's June now, so in May, I mean, half my friends were graduating from law school. I'm just waiting on y'all to pass like, the bar. To, right, so I can to be, be like, honest. all right, great. So let's take hey. a look real quick. <laughs> exactly. because, I told you. you know what I'm saying? And they know about the tour. Yeah. Uh, if they are not no, paying, you know your network. <laughs> like, so, you know, know, you your, know your network. I mean, yeah, maybe if you're looking for Sam Bernstein, like, <laughs> you you going to pay. But your homeboy that just graduated from, you know, UAB hey. Law is definitely down to help you. They need to practice. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a break and come back and get into it, y'all. Hey guys, it's Shariah, one third of the New Kids. If you would like to check out more information about us, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all under the New Kids. Also, you can send us an email if you have any suggestions or would like to be on our show at the New Kids LLC at gmail.com. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, so we're back, and you've heard him talking in the background, but we're going to give him a chance to introduce himself, tell us and y'all um, all about himself, what he does, and... Hi. <laughs> um, Doesn't it feel like you're talking uh, to a phantom body? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, speak back. Um, but yeah, no. Um, my name is Kwaku Osegonsu, uh, owner of the Strange Roots Box, which is a subscription care package featuring items manufactured by small black businesses um, that we send out to college students, military personnel, geriatric patients, and hopefully by the end of 2017, those that are incarcerated. 
So that is stranger. That's that is dope. Oh, yeah. as hell. Yes. Yes. Prayers up. So tell us, <laughs> tell us about yourself in particular. Like, are you a Detroit native? Where did you go to high school? So, east side, west side. I'm technically a west side. You know, I um, technically well, I'm technically an Oak Park native. Um, <laughs> I went Love to Southfield Lake yes. High School. Oh. I'm sorry, I know. I went to DSA for like two weeks though. Um, <laughs> then my mom retired and she wasn't driving downtown anymore. So I went to Southfield Lake High School, graduated in Ohio. Nine, um, and then ventured off to Howard University in Washington D.C. H.U. You know, um, moved to New York for two years, and then in 2015 moved back um, to Detroit. Uh, It was supposed to be a temporary stay, and then when I got back, I just kind of fell in love with the city again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw that there was so much opportunity here for me to make a lot of the dreams that I had for myself happen. Whereas in New York, a lot of that space is already so saturated that there wasn't really much room for me to make a lot of things happen unless I had an exorbitant amount of money, um, which I didn't. So, um, here I am. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because somebody, um, me and her were friends in high school. And you may know her name is Erin Keith. Yeah, we're actually really good friends. Yeah. Yes. The the revitalization project. Yeah, I'm on the board for that. Okay, cool. I just saw that on Facebook and I was like, oh, this is really dope. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's basically about getting. Did you go to Mercy too? No. Oh, okay. Uh, I was in Dale Sprites. Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, and I saw it on Facebook and I was like, this is really dope because um, Detroit is at a time where a lot of people are coming back, but Mm -hmm. it's not us. Right. Uh, and in spaces like education, politics, uh, city development, just in general, we need that black millennial voice to represent us and talk about, you know, what we need, what our vision is and how we can change things that have been wrong for so long. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's yeah. definitely, definitely a dope tidbit, you know. About yeah, I mean, I think that um, when it comes to Detroit, I think it's kind of unique in that. You know, we can talk about Detroit and criticize our city um, as much as possible, but it's kind of beautiful when we go other places. And as soon as somebody has something ill to say about Detroit, it's like, oh, we're going to together. It's like, yeah, like, like please don't make me snatch your ass back, because I will. Hands, hands, <laughs> I will. Good. You know, it, so it's just, it's a beautiful thing in that. But that essentially is empty if we're not also pouring back into the city. I, I mean, th- in that respect, we're no different than the Detroit Grooming Company that exists on Woodward and Ferndale. Yeah, that you always I mean? bugs me when you I know? see places not in Detroit and their name is like Detroit. Like, it's a place in Ferndale that's getting ready to open and they're like the Detroit food truck. You know, they city taxes fail. And I'm like, you're in Ferndale. Like, it's a lot of places so, that are like yeah. that. But see, that's the question. It's like, how are we any different when you're like, Detroit, Detroit, okay, but what are you going for Detroit? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it kind of puts the ball back in our court mm-hmm. and I think we're in a very interesting position that really no other city at this point in time right now is in um, in that gentrification can be halted yes if we step up to the plate and, and a I lot was, of times it's too late you know by the time I you was talking this. to Honey um, about this the other day but we talked about the walkable plaza earlier mm-hmm. and on Twitter you know I saw a lot of people who saw the article or the, or the announcement about it and it was like oh this is stupid oh you know this don't make no sense and I'm like while that may be the case have you been to the space to actually critique it and provide Mm -hmm. valuable feedback so that it can be changed Mm -hmm. like yes I understand that you are upset and angry that this new thing is happening and it doesn't reflect your perspective or your you know part in the city but you need to actively participate in this critique of this space so that it can be changed or you know 
you know, move to fit our demographic. Like Certainly. you just sitting at home on Twitter, like, oh, this is stupid, but what you doing? What are you, what doing, are you doing to doing? stop it? Like, exactly. what, and that's not just about downtown, but that's you know, like the entire city. Like people complain about, uh, you know, like oh, Midtown this or the East Side that or the West Side that. But like, are you actively participating in initiatives to change your environment? Because <laughs> if you're not, your critique is not relevant. Yeah, it doesn't not. matter. Like you can just put words out there, <laughs> shade. But um, like, just she have. Said you want to be shady no more? Right exactly. Right? That's yeah. the crazy. Yes. yes. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, having that voice and having that feedback is so crucial because we are at a point where the city is changing mm-hmm. and we want to be a part of that change. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, that's kind of, uh, I have been sitting on this idea since college because, like, my mom was really big into care packages. Mm-hmm. Um, and my shout mom was the members of my church. Yeah, shout out to mom. <laughs> like, my mom's better than Kevin Durant's mom. So. <laughs> say something but yeah no um yes i mean she used to just really hold it down and like i realized a lot that i was getting these care packages and like my friends were like tearing them up before i really got to them Mm -hmm. but that just indicated to me that they needed them as well you know like somebody wasn't looking out for them so my mom was looking out for all of us and then the care packages got bigger and bigger and she started to send like because at first she bought a care package through the school and it was kind of sad because i mean they sent like you know a little throw blanket a little Mm -hmm. water bottle some cheetos i'm like mom this is useless say your money like you pay $60 for a bag of chips like say your money so she started sending me stuff on her own and um yeah I mean once I saw that there was a need I tried to do it in New York but my cost of living was just a little too high I was paying like a thousand dollars a month in rent for a one bedroom apartment um which is actually but that's a deal in New York a one bedroom apartment for a thousand oh that's a yeah you lucked up and that's crazy so um yeah I mean when I moved back to the church I was like oh this is all the way feasible I'm staying at home my overhead just got lower yeah. I'm good so yeah Detroit is a hotbed right now for like entrepreneurs oh, yeah. tech anything so like oh, yeah. whatever your idea is and you if you are in the city now is the time to kick it off especially because you have so many people around you mm-hmm. so, so much to, funding yeah, so to converse you and you know engage and help you build up your idea and mm-hmm. funding there are so many opportunities out here to, for you to just get money to do whatever absolutely and uh, even beyond funding I've noticed like I used with me living in Nebraska before and then coming back, I've noticed that Detroit is very loyal to people yes. that have good products and mm-hmm. good service. I mean, we love the Jeezy, and Jeezy not even from here. Not I mean. even from here, and I will be at some Jeezy loves us, though, too. <laughs> exactly. Jeezy be shouting us out. Jeezy got a big mama or something. something. Up here. <laughs> he always here. There's <laughs> something going on there. But, yeah, um, and I think that loyalty is bred in us. Like, yeah. it's just, it's not something that you're going to find anywhere else. Yeah. Detroit is Detroit. Like, you can talk to somebody who ain't been to Detroit in 10 years, but once you find out they're from Detroit, it's, oh, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. it's, like, it's like we went to school together. Yeah. Oh, yes. We ain't never seen this person a day. Right. And, they, like, like, and my uh, my uncle always teases me because he said, y'all Detroit people, the first question y'all always ask is what high school you go to? <laughs> What side of the city? What's, what's your favorite Coney Island? Let's, let's get that. Right. We can't be friends. But it's, I mean, those things are unique to us, and that, that shows not only who Detroit is, but what Detroit can be. Absolutely. Like, it can definitely push us forward. Mm-hmm. What else is on here? Um, his business beginnings. Yes. How sad. Yeah. Well, business and training. So you went to Howard. Yep. Shout out to HU. HU. Um, what was your first job out of college? Um, I okay. So I got a job at Chrysler. I fell asleep at my desk and got fired. <laughs> 
it has happened to the best of us. That day. was, yeah, it was very short lived. Let's just say I started a crossover in May, the week before my birthday, which is June 25th, next week. <laughs> I got fired. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I was working two gigs at the same time. I was working at Crossover by day, and then I was working at this restaurant that's now called Look Crepe, but at that point it was called What Crepe mm-hmm. in um, Royal Oak, Birmingham, and yeah. Arbor by night. So, you know, I'm doing both of these things at the same time, and it just kind of caught up with me. And, like, I don't know, I just wasn't in my right mind and, like, fell asleep at my desk. And, you know, it was still within the first 90 days, so they... And it's okay. I mean, they didn't really care for me anyways, because it's like, I drove a Pontiac, (laughs) and they don't drive a Chrysler, and they're like, you can park all the way over there. You know, and I was very vocal about, like, this is really petty. (laughs) Like, you know, I was very vocal about it, so... But it's all good. I think, um... I think it, it happened on purpose because if the money had gotten too good, mm-hmm. I think stuck. that I would have given stuck. up on dreams and just stayed just to stay. Um, so that happened. And then I ended up working in restaurants full time um, until I moved to New York, um, which really didn't take very long. I got to New York. I went to, I was working in advertising um, at this company called Mediacom. It was a pretty cool job. Lots of open bars, <laughs> which was pretty much the trade off for me not making much money at all. Okay. Um, so then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, so then I was there for about two years, moved home at the end of 2015. And um, yeah, when I got home, I was really only coming home to do a coding boot camp um, so that I could learn front-end web development. You went to Grand Circus. I went to Grand Circus. Um, Great, great experience. And... um, my plan was to move back to New York, mm-hmm. and then I, like I said, I fell in love with the city, so I landed a gig here at Meridian as a software engineer, and that's where I am now. I didn't fall asleep or anything, didn't get fired. <laughs> Coming up on a year now, so I'm pretty happy about that. Hey. Yeah, pretty happy about that. Um, but you know, this this kind of became like a family business for me because mm-hmm. my mom was really passionate about it. I was really passionate about it. So, um, you know, I didn't have like a nice little Donald Trump situation or anything, but I did have a lot of hands there to kind of help me get this together. Um, so I think, you know, people say it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a business, too. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. that was my village. So. Um, I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we get so, like, wrapped up in our idea. We either, A, are scared to talk about it because we think somebody else is going to steal it. Yeah. Or it's not good enough. Or we don't, we think we can do everything. So mm-hmm. we try to do everything. We don't ask for help. And then we look up and we're drowning. Mm-hmm. And burnt you know, out. Yeah, burnt out. And you can't do what you need to do because you're tired. Um, so it's really important with that mindset. Like it takes a village. It really does. Even if you just have like collaborators at the table with you saying, hey, I've been working on this idea for the last three weeks. Can you take a look at it and see if it makes sense? Yeah. And I guess so like... Um there, you touched on a few points. Like, I think I was definitely that kid in high school and college that was like anti-group project. Oh, I still. Like, if I mean, we got I a group project, project. I would be like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'll put your name on it at the end. I'll let you see it a few days before I turn it in. But I'm not working with you day in and day out. Um, so, excuse me. I was definitely that person. But in addition to that, I think Strange Roots really like forced me to learn that you don't have to bring everyone onto your team. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should just employ them in the space that they're in. Yes. To do what they do best. And then once the job is done, chuck a deuce and call it a day. Because, like, I think a lot of things that we also get wrapped in as people of color also is, like, trying to bring everyone Everybody on your team. Like, it's, like, kind of the extremes. Yeah. Like, either you're just trying to be solo or you're like, 
I got my cousins, my family, my neighbor down the block. If my you dude. think about and it, it's like, like no. you know, when you <laughs> see performances like rappers on stage and it's like 75 people on stage with them at the point where you don't even know who's talking no more. And yeah. tracking yeah. the mic. Bro. Right. Like just, right. <laughs> or you had that one rapper on stage with the dim spotlight on them and it's just like, okay, this, this is, is kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. kind of boring. actually kind of weird. This yeah. is so strange. Yeah. I find that happy medium. Exactly. So, you know, that, um, Strangers has been de- like a learning I think a learning curve, but just an experience in itself. Like, I, I kind of came into it thinking, like, I got this. And then very quickly, I was like, I don't got this. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, yeah. It's been great, though. I'm putting it in. How did you come up with the name? Where did that come from? So, Strange Roots is just a sw- uh, twist on Strange Fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's very, I think it's very clear, like, in the song when um, the words are spoken about, like, black bodies hanging from poly oh, yes. and like we talk about so like we spoke about black bottom earlier and we think about like black wall street and like all these other areas that were undeniably black mm-hmm. um that were just kind of like cut at the knees you know mm-hmm. but i think the beautiful thing is you know our slogan for strange roots is cut the tree the roots know better mm-hmm. so it's like yeah we might cut communities at the knees but we all we're just so resilient we always grow back. back you know so that's why and it's so we said roots so strange that they always grow back. So strange roots, hmm. you know. And um, the whole idea is just that, like, we're hoping that the box would really do one of two things. It's supposed to bring college students and really anyone else who receives the box mm-hmm. great products um, for a really great price. But then it's also supposed to bring a lot of money back to the businesses that we're mm-hmm. putting into our box. I mean, if you think about it, right, let's say your product costs us five, like $5 mm-hmm. and we're working on a contract right now with Howard to get their fresh in these boxes. Yeah. If we get a thousand people mm-hmm. your product, I mean, that's $5,000. Like that just, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that just catapulted you. And that was only one vendor mm-hmm. in one box mm-hmm. for one month. They got $5,000 off of being a participant in the box. And it's like, if you think about it, I mean, it's a win-win for everybody. And it can take someone who was just making lip balm in their living room to being like... Lip balm is hard. Exactly. You know, off that one. You know what I mean? So... That's what we want to see happen. So this is a pretty big venture. Like obviously you wanted to expand Absolutely. a lot, but the funding for it to get it started. The how funding. did you handle that? Where did that come from? So a lot of saving of my own. Um, like when I landed my new gig here, um, I was I was just very serious about saving every check. I was like, I'm saving five hundred dollars a check. Um, so that way every month another like a thousand dollars a month. I mean it's just like I said now. I mean I. What I don't like to do is paint pictures without giving context. Mm-hmm. I was able to do that because I was living yeah, out with my parents. Mm-hmm. My mother was covering things like phone bills and student loans were still deferred at that time. Like it just, <clears throat> I was able to do that because of my, you know. Planning and you, how, you're, how you were living. Exactly. So I don't want to paint the picture that like, if you own a home and have a mortgage and are paying student loans and a car note and all this, that you can save $500 a month. You no. still have a business. Right, no, I mean you can, but I don't know if you can save as aggressively as I did. Mm-hmm. It just, I guess it just depends on your levels of income too. But um, you know, I was doing that. So you know, once I started, we launched in February um, of this year. Uh, oh. So yeah, I mean, relatively new. new yeah. um, but when I started, I mean, I had somewhat of a nest egg to kind of work from mm-hmm. until it became profitable. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what's it like for you um, working a full time job and also owning slash running a business? 
<laughs> is that um, part of your week that's been going on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it kind of never stops. Like, um, I mean, I find myself, and I'm sure they would, I probably shouldn't even say that. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I just find myself trying to work in spaces that... Yeah, I just try to get work done where I can. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> try to get as much done. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I think when I get off work, it just doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. But because I love Stranger so much, mm-hmm. doing it the work for like it work. doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like my whole goal, like I, I, I use the Passion Planner. Um, Same. And it's yes. so amazing. It's um, if anybody needs one, I have an additional one too. I gave them um, one for Christmas. Yeah. I got to get you one for Christmas. I have one that's undated if you want it. Oh, but good to me. Right. Sure. Okay, yeah. You can use that to write the dates in. Um, but what's beautiful is you can start from now. But um, anyhow, uh, by the end of the year, like I want to quit my job like that. Uh, <laughs> I do, but I, I do mean, though. I do. People, I really do. And a lot of consultants that I know um, or that I network with, they say or they tell their clients all the time, you know, you need to set a goal like that one to that you want to reach so that when you get to it it's like okay what's the next step how can I go bigger absolutely you never want to put yourself in a position where you have to work both jobs to be sustainable right yeah Um, and it seems like on whatever level that you are on whether or not you are just starting off your business whether or not you have that you know just the idea for it or you're already making capital off of it like you Mm -hmm. are that strive and that search for balance between mm-hmm. like work life and business life, yeah. personal life and business life, like on whatever level you are, that's always going to be something that you're going to be consistently working on. Absolutely. So I don't think that's an end off for anybody. Like there is no end to that. There is no end. I think I just envision myself like I just want to be like Lord of the Side Hustle. Like that's like yes. really what I want. Like I want to I want to DJ. I want to be like I got a party to play in Malibu this weekend, but I got to do Thank shipment you. on Wednesday for Strange Roots, and I'm doing it. Like that's what but, I want to do. But I mean, if about. that's the, if, you you know, that. if that's it's what it smart. takes, yeah. yeah. Because and we talk about this um, relationship that millennials have with baby boomers, but like they don't understand that working the type of job that they work isn't what we want to do. Mm. Like I mean, if that's what you you know, if that's what you good with, if you want to stay 30 years at the plant or 30 years at the post office don't or whatever, that, go ahead and make your money, boo. Make your money, don't let it make you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for a lot of us, that's not fulfilling. Yeah. It's not what we enjoy. And it can be very draining um, because we're not doing something that we'd like to do. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have an impact. Well, and it's like, I think I, it was always ingrained to me that I needed to have a hand and a mind to go. And I think after being fired from Chrysler, I just, I think one thing that never left me was just the fact that I wanted to be in a position and have like skills that no one could ever take from me. Mm-hmm. Because even though I wasn't at Chrysler very long, I think it just showed me like, in the blink of an eye, somebody made a determination about my future mm-hmm. and like who I was and my relevance to them. Mm-hmm. And it left me yeah, hanging. hanging. You know what I mean? And, and I just never want to think twice. Yeah, like, no, they, they never. don't think twice. All they never. can do is replace you. And, oh yeah. And then that'll. Yeah, and that. I know you have yeah. experience with that too. Like as a <laughs> for yes. a larger company. Yeah. yeah, it's and I even tell my employees. I tell them all the time. Uh, Jermaine and I actually went to this. Um, Residency. No, I'm so scared to go. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, it's probably it. <laughs> no, I went to this residency, and uh, one of the professors there was like, "If you want to be, you know, in whatever field, you should be like Bubba." And I was like, 
who? Bubba? Bubba who? Like, what are we talking about? And he was like, you know, from Forrest Gump. He was like, Bubba knew everything he needed to know about shrimp. Like, every single thing he needed to know. He was like, you should be like that in whatever your field is. And he also told us to have multiple sources of income. That way, when something like your situation with Chrysler, when they let you go, you have something so to fall what? back on. You right. still have something to fall back and on. You, you may not have money to fall back right. on, but you still have, you know, a job or at least right. somewhere where you can still... Um, generate some revenue. So. Absolutely, yeah. No, because it just, I, it left me hanging and I was like, I kind of scrambled for a second like, oh crap, like I don't have a job. Because at first I was feeling self-righteous because it was like, my birthday was that day. So I was like, whatever. Listen, I'm like, turn I'm out anything. Anything. Yeah, I was like, I'm grown, Last I don't year. care. And then I was like, wait, my birthday next week, I'm not money. <laughs> I don't get no money. <laughs> oh. And it was, it was so funny because um, it was, yeah, no, actually, did I get fired on my birthday? Because the reason I asked is because I remember so that year J. Cole did like the Dollar and a Dream tour mm-hmm. and he did like a show here for a dollar. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got yeah, I got fired and drove myself right down to St. Andrews. Yes. Cause I was like, I don't care. I need to pick the I was like, I don't care. Yeah, it was my birthday. Cause it was on my birthday. Yeah, it was I got fired on my birthday. Damn. You yeah. know what though? Like I last year, I quit my corporate job, but due to mental and health reasons, and then people was crazy. But we're not gonna get into that. Mm-hmm. But I, I was feeling like, you know, yes, I'm liberated, I'm free for like the first three months, and then I was like. I don't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> I got a car note. Exactly. I got bills. Like exactly. I have a phone bill. I don't have no job. So. One thing I will say though, if you don't have a plan B, let them fire you. Don't quit. Also. Unemployment. Unemployment. See, but at the time it, it, for me, it's a little different now. In what way? Because it depends on the reason. It depends on the reason you that fired. you were terminated. Uh, yeah. True. So if they be like. He wasn't coming to work. He was yeah. asleep. You know, like, there's then, really no. Yeah, yeah. But, like, for me, I, I was in a situation where, like, if I didn't leave then, they were going, to, it was bad. Like, it was just. going to be stuck. That too, but it was just, it was a lot of miscommunication, no accountability, and this mm-hmm. was, this was like large amounts of money involved. Okay. So it was going to move, it was just a lot. But I left and I was like, oh my God. Okay. I was first, I was like, yes, I'm free, blah, blah, blah. Then I was like, oh my God, I don't have a job. And I was going on interviews because my degrees um, are in HR. So I was going on mm-hmm. HR interviews. Thinking like, the world yes, thinking like, yes, I'm going to get this interview. I know my stuff. I got it knock the interview out and then I get an email that says you were not selected for this position the most generic email ever they don't um, tell you why they don't tell you why what you could have done better you reach out and ask questions they don't respond so it's just kind of like then you feel worse because you're like oh my god I left this job where I was making you know a decent amount of money and thinking that I was going to be okay and I'm not mm-hmm. um, and I didn't get the job that I'm in now I didn't get that until February and I left my job in July of 2016 wow so it's a minute it was a minute yeah. um, and even like the, the job I'm in now is not in my degree field but it's something that I enjoy doing uh, most of the time most of the time I love my game that skill though yeah, yeah. Like, you know, um, and I can still use yeah like I can still it still allows me the freedom to go to school mm-hmm. and finish you know the pursuit of my degree Let's not talk about school. girl and then also do my consulting um, mm-hmm. it allows me the time to meet with my clients face to face to do what I need to do whereas in my last shop I didn't have the time to do that I'm getting off work I didn't been at work since 8am I'm getting off at 7 I'm tired I don't yeah. want to look at your business plan right now don't right. call me yeah. like <laughs> that's and not what this is clients don't understand that 
Yeah, they're like, I paid you for this. I want, I want it now. Right. I'm going to call you at midnight. Nugget. Right. Or they see you out like, hey, girl, did you get my email? And it's like, sis, I'm drunk. Don't talk to me. Please don't talk to me. I really wish I had office hours. Like, professors have office hours from, like, don't cry contact me before noon or after seven and never on Saturday and Sunday because I'm going to be drunk or hungover one. I mean, you can make your own business hours. You can though. Put that on I made Because I will tell people in a minute, I'm, no. I'm close. I close <laughs> my personal life too. Like my personal life has business hours after 10 o'clock. I, oh, I ain't answer the phone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and if I'm in a relationship after nine, <laughs> don't call. Don't call. Because you about to set me up. Don't I do that. But it's hot in here. We're going to take a break because it's hot in here and we need to turn this fan off. Hey everybody, this is Jermaine Pencil, one third of the New Kids and owner of G Pencil Consulting. I work with young professionals, entrepreneurs, small businesses, and nonprofits to help take their organizations or personal development to the next level. To learn more about what I do, you can visit me at G Pencil, that's P N T S I L, consulting.weebly.com, or check me out on Twitter at Jermaine Pencil. That's P-E-N-T-S-I-L. All right, so we're back. Had a little what up, conversation though? about Greek life. Because yeah. for the second time on this amazing show, we have yet another blue and white connection. That's right. So. Who's the first one? Um, Her name is Jill. Jill. Yeah, Frank Point Collective. Collective. Okay. She's a uh, branding. Yes. Yep, she crossed branding that, and uh, digital marketing. marketing. Okay. She's in the yeah. Shout out to Jill. Hey, what up, Jill? Jill? What's up, Jill? <laughs> All right. So, to get back to this interview deal here, what was one of the, or one of, or the scariest part of your career? Of my career? Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you can do both. You can do... Yeah, I'll do both. Yeah. It's fine. Um, I would say of my career, I think the scariest part was that I think I saw myself settling, mm-hmm. like in New York. Um, I was at this advertising agency, and um, I don't know, I think I was just selling for the okie doke. Like I said, there were a lot of, like, you know, just perks, open bars, dinners, because it was a lot of just, like, smooth, like, ooh, like, I'm going to take you out to dinner so that you'll buy my product and advertise, you know, like, and I just started to see myself get really, really comfortable, and that has never been me, because I've just always kind of been moving on to the next. Um, so that was probably the scariest part of my career so far. Um, as far as the scariest part of this run with Strange Roots, um, I don't know. I kind of have like a mini heart attack every month, honestly, just because I have to find vendors mm-hmm. every month. And like the window of time is just so small that like we had a vendor. I'm not going to put you out there like that, but we had a vendor that just kind of like hit us up the week that we were shipping. Like, I'm not going to be able to fulfill your order. And I'm like, but what we you got mean? you on board a month ago. Like, what happened? Oh, I've just been traveling and there's been a lot of them. Okay, mm-hmm. duly noted. Never using you again. It's okay. But you know what I mean? Like, stuff like that is just kind of like, it flips everything on its head. Because, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, you try to plan ahead as much as you possibly can. And it's kind of one of those group project things where you're relying on other people. Mm-hmm. And somebody could just not do their job. So, that's probably the scariest part. So what's the most rewarding part of your career? Um, okay, so of my career, so I do a lot of freelance web development, like building sites, um, but my whole 
like I mean I will build sites for people who aren't people of color but I aim for small businesses that are owned by black people okay um so my the greatest part with that is just seeing the look on their face like when they finally see some sort of like digital representation for themselves and they're like this is legit and it really takes them to a whole other level and I just love that because it's like you see somebody with a product and their product is so great mm-hmm. but they don't have like social media they don't have a website or they do and they built it on Wix and it's like come on now like you know what I mean like you know like mm-hmm. so it's like that's like a really great feeling um so that's that part but with the box I mean I've gotten a few letters so we have this thing called the strange pals mm-hmm. um which is kind of like a pin pal thing where you can buy a box anonymously um yeah, you can buy a box anonymously for a student who doesn't necessarily maybe have like the family backing mm-hmm. that a lot of people do and they'll just receive it month, like month to month and it just shows them that somebody cares for them but it also doesn't like dangle in their face like this is the somebody that cares for you mm-hmm. you know um, so I've gotten a few letters back from our strange pals saying like thank you so much because mm-hmm. like and like like I said we just started in February so you know a lot of them we were catching at like the end of their semester so it was nice for them to feel like somebody cared about them going through finals when a lot of them they don't have moms and dads mm-hmm. they're just at school making it themselves so that was probably the most rewarding part of this so far Okay. So how does how do people go about becoming a strange pal? Like, do they just contact you? Yeah, they just email at um, info at strangeroots.co um, and just indicate that they're interested in being a strange pal. And then I'll give them the coupon code. They go and purchase a subscription. It's twenty nine ninety nine a month, um, not including shipping. Shipping is six dollars, so it's like it's like thirty six dollars a month. Um, but yeah, that student will get your box every single month, um, and we send you a little something special too. So. Okay. Yeah. That would be cool if the kids did one. I was just thinking that. That would be the Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I always, I mean, right now, um, it's kind of hard to link up strange pals in the summer because they're out of school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, as soon as August hits, I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're doing a college tour. We're visiting Morehouse Spelman yeah, and Howard. Yes, um, I'm trying to go. Let me just get, get on the bus. Well, no, we're just showing up at Freshman Movement uh, while all the parents, because our target market is parents. So, like, yeah. we're showing up while all the parents are there to kind of we're get volunteer. them to buy. Yeah, I'm about to say, I'll wear a t-shirt for you. Really? Yeah, no, we can do a nice little road trip. Y'all hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will no, be right in the back seat. It's a lot going on, a lot. <laughs> so, um, you know, doing that uh, is something that I really look forward to. I think it's gonna not only be a profit boost for us, but mm-hmm. it's also gonna put us in front of a lot of people who just haven't heard of us yet. Um, so we have that, and then um, Strange Roots is sponsoring in, con- in conjunction with Black Metro Eats, which is another org that I'm a part mm-hmm. of. Um, the first ever Metro Detroit Black Restaurant Week. So that's yes. August 21st to the 27th, 2017. So it's I Metro. Press for that. Why have I not seen Don't that? Don't worry, it's not out. Yeah, it's not okay. out yet. I'm, I'm actually building the site myself. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be out like next week. Okay. Um, yeah, we're just waiting. We had a photo shoot last week, so I'm just waiting on the final um, edits, and then we should be good to go. I love food. So and we have that. You know, so that's happening. <laughs> that's, again, it's August 21st to the 27th. 30 plus restaurants will be involved. Turn up. Um, and it's Metro Detroit. So if you don't live in the Detroit city limits, um, we're also including some of the. Everybody suburbs. just looked at me just like. No, no yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we're including some of the suburbs that are surrounding Detroit too. So Ooh, that's what's up. It should be great. That's exciting. So, what advice would you give to someone that's trying to uh, keep balance between a day job and their personal business? Um, I would say, honestly, and this is gonna sound kind of crazy, but. For us, for a while, there will be no such thing mm-hmm. as a balance. You kind of have to embody 
your business uh, and kind of find times. Like I know people who were starting businesses where the only time they had was during their lunch break. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you have to do, pack that lunch, do some meal prep on Sunday so you don't have to go out and buy it and then just, just work and just work, you know, like on your product or whatever project you're working on. Um, but also just understanding that like just because work ended at four doesn't mean that you do. Like mm-hmm. going home and not immediately turning on, like I think there's a lot of um, subconscious habits that we have that we don't realize are like hindering us and it kind of eats up a lot of time obviously social media is one I mean I know like um, I have to almost like block Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that for myself there are apps for that y'all there are apps for that um, and I have to because it'll be like oh I'm about to just go look at something real quick and the next thing you know an hour has right gone here. by right and I'm like wait a minute I was supposed to be working on this flyer and it's still not done you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean so like just making better use of your time and having a little bit more structured of a schedule helps a lot and I, mean, I know that sounds really basic because it's like duh like I should know that but no like a lot of people don't know that yeah. like they're just kind of like out here doing it as it comes and I'm like nah so. they're not also not recognizing like the tactics that these social media sites or whatever are using to keep us on there like yeah. this whole Facebook playing the video and the sound without me actually clicking on the video is a trap it is a trap I into it last it's night and I was watching all kind of videos because of that but like people it's don't, don't pay attention to that it's a trap like you sitting at work you scroll through Facebook and now this video plays out loud and yeah. Oh no, it's a trap. Also, like clearing your cookies um, yes. on your computer helps a lot because I think another subconscious thing you do is like you just click F and mm-hmm. it's like Facebook. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh. And, like, exactly. <laughs> and like, I mean. Like, oh, I need to check my inbox on here. The next thing you know. Right. And it's like, if you clear your cookies, then it's like, okay, you click F. Now you have to type in the whole thing. And I guarantee you, by the time you type in that whole URL, you you're probably going to realize, like, you know what? I shouldn't even be doing all this. Or, like, make it so that you don't automatically sign on. So you go to Facebook. Now mm-hmm. you have to sign in. How do people don't re- remember their Facebook sign-ins mm-hmm. anyway? So it's like, if you have to go through this trouble, you'll probably avoid it, you know? That makes sense. Yeah. So how do you stay inspired or what do you do to refill your creative well? Um, so like I just never really put down like my passion. So I've been dancing since I was eight. Um, like um, professionally trained in ballet, lyrical, yeah. modern, tap. Well, yeah, no, I just um yeah, so full of trained dancers. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, no, um, so I literally will just go to a studio, put on like whatever I'm vibing to right then, and just like hit the mirror. Need a studio space. Yeah, I just that's I can't what wait I do. To buy so. a studio. I, I just want to buy. We keep one. trying. And it keeps falling. It keeps like, falling. falling but I feel like eventually it's gonna happen. Something's and all the people that didn't let us use their space and we didn't coming let us for y'all. rent, y'all better not need us. <laughs> well, you so like there's um, Pony Ride. Yeah, has like a decent space. Um, there's this there's this studio out in Farmington Hills that does like adult dance classes. Um, it's so hard to find adult classes in this. It really is. Well, it's actually an adult dance studio. Oh, so like they cool. don't teach kids at all um and i like that, that because they also weren't like going super easy because mm-hmm. that's what i found it's like i tried to go back to my old studio in berkeley and i was like all right i'm gonna take a class but i mean like when i looked at the other students in the class like the teacher was taking it easy because yeah. it's like you know yeah i'm 25 but like mm-hmm. she's 40 you know it's like mm-hmm. so we just no like no, no, she's wrong she's still like what's a pot of beret and i'm just like oh. girl <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly, exactly exactly um so 
you know, I, I like that studio though. So yeah, I'll just go dance. And that kind of keeps me going um, because for some reason there's something about dance that just like reminds me, like one of the biggest thing I tell people is like, don't listen to your parents. And I say that because like, I feel like my parents, even though they've been really supportive of most of the things I wanted to do, they talked me out of pursuing a career in dance. And like, that is always a constant reminder for me. Like whenever I see friends who are like, they went to UArts in Philly or wherever, you know, like they went to, um, uh, uh, middle of the country. Why would you want to go there? But amazing dance program, uh, Tornado Alley, um, not Kansas. Not Joshua Tree. No, uh, it's like a state school, but they have an amazing dance. I know program. what you're. I know. I know exactly what school you're talking about. Um, but like, yeah, theater program. It's a yeah. So like, you know, it's just like being talked out of your dreams, mm-hmm. and so like dance. Even though it's beautiful, even still, when I do it, I think it just constantly reminds me like, don't let anybody ever like talk you mm-hmm. out, or don't let anything talk you out, because I face hardships with strangers every day. So. <laughs> So where do you see yourself in five years? Um, Or where do you see yourself at the end of your career? Um, I just, you know, I really want to be like known as like everything black um, because that's just like, I'm just really trying to be on for my people. And it's kind of ironic because like, as I sit here as like a gay black man, it's kind of ironic that I'm so pressed for my people because I realize almost every day that they're not pressed for me, um, which is kind of, it's an interesting thought to land at because like I have this vision for like so many beautiful things like I was house hunting last year like big time um because I was just ready to move out of my parents house and I thought it was time for me to start adulting kind of glad that I didn't find a house but like I'm trying to do like a tiny house community here that's like four black people yeah like you know it's just like there's so much yeah so like I'm just really I'm just really like everything black and um I just see myself like in five, ten years, just like owning property that supports my people, owning companies that put my people on, owning just areas like that can really help catapult people's dreams into reality. And like that's just what I want. And it's like there's so many things out there that people are doing, and it's kind of like a band aid. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I'm just trying to be like the solution because it's it's just. I don't know. I feel like Detroit is like that last hope. Yeah. It really is. Because there's so many like cities out here that are like majority black or whatever or started out that way. And like they had the rug literally like pulled out from under them. And I just don't want to see Detroit go down like that. So Detroit is one of the last major thoroughfares of black people. Yeah. For real, for real. It really is. But you know what? You bring up an interesting point too. Because like as a black woman, you know, there are so many things that I want to do for like the community and just, you know, black people in general. But like just getting on Twitter or looking at the news and politics, whatever, yeah. it's like a slap in the face every day because you realize that like Everything nothing formed against me. Yeah, nothing in this country is made for me. Like yeah. even when you have people in politics, even when you have black women in politics, the the type of microaggressions that they face, the type of interactions that they face, and they are supposed to be like you know, these amazing people, you know, that that broke down all these barriers, but yeah. at the end of the day, they're still facing the same challenges that I'm facing as a black woman. Absolutely. So it's like, fuck. Like, right. So uh, what do we do to like really solve the right. problem, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, I see, so 
you know, we talk about Black Restaurant Week and the whole reason that we're even doing Black Restaurant Week is because I have this goal for there to be some sort of an emulation of like how we have Mexican town and Polish town and stuff like that. Like we really need a space for our people. Mm -hmm. And when I did my research and looking at a lot of these other spaces in other cities like Mexican town or um, Chinatown in D.C. or things like that, a lot of them started by way of food. Um, you know, you have these people that are kind of spread out. But when you start to place like restaurants in a certain area, right, and people are like, oh, my food is over there they start to go there because mm -hmm. it starts to feel like it's really their space i think that's one of the main reasons why a lot of people haven't left six seven eight mile because like because all the soul food restaurants are it's right all there all the jamaican restaurants it's right there the and you don't think that okay. like as a person you don't think that you think oh it's because all the black people over here no it's not just all the black maybe now like if you're just moving there now it's because all the black people are there but like initially it's like Could all our food is over here and you know so, what i'm i'm glad that like a lot of black driven city initiatives are taking off like um live six yeah because the avenue of fashion is an amazing area and it used to be so vibrant and so just like pure and black and yeah. then it kind of fell off and so now people are starting to get back um focus in the area in terms of like uh, housing revitalization restaurants Absolutely. i think social social sushi is getting ready to have a space in um six and Livernois if I'm not mistaken That's but then you awesome. have like American Bistro you have Cuzzles you have all of these places mm -hmm. that are black yeah. in this area that's for black people you're wow. not worried about gentrification i'm not worried about seeing this white lady jogging down six mile and living feeling over. threatened by her and, right like well, sis what are you doing over here like i remember um one of my friends stays off uh, like near eastern market um off the grassy area and i remember coming up off grassy and i just see white people jogging and i'm like we're on the east side mm -hmm. like grassy bro why are i mean that's a chick i see every day biking through highland park and i'm just like girl you ain't safe, girl. What are you, what are you doing? Where are you ain't gonna no right. She ain't gonna stop. She's not gonna stop. She's not gonna stop. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> that tail probably ain't gonna stop. Right, right, right. No, you're right. But I take like, the bus and you're on the wrong part. No, yeah. I'm like, mm, yeah. stay in my little zone. And it's just like, you know, it's kind of disheartening because it's like, this is my space. This is my area. Like, you got all these other spaces that you could happily jog in and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> my shit. Get out of yeah. my face. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I just want to see like if, if we can like just put somewhat of a halt to gentrification then cool like okay fine y'all got downtown y'all can have downtown because yes. we kind of been through this already y'all had downtown been before been and then you realized where the value was so then you moved out like you know it's yeah. just like it's okay y'all can have that we'll keep this you know and that's fine with me but like i just it's really i think it's up to us as far as our age group mm -hmm. but it's just up to us as like a people yeah. and like if we don't that's one thing it's just like i don't know like we support we support each other, but like we don't. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like so. I'm I think just we also focus on our own immediate struggle sometimes. That yeah. oh, it's time to pop out your head and be like, oh, you know, let me give my sis over here props. Yeah. Like let me throw you some money. Exactly. And people think like, oh, we're just hating. Like no, like I got struggles that I gotta really yeah. focus on. That's right. And so sometimes you know giving that attention to people is hard, but people have to know that yo, look around you sometimes. Yeah, because it's strengthening numbers happen. too. Like yeah. mm -hmm. you know just reaching out and building those connections, building those relationships and patronizing with, um, you know, other people that you know have 
other businesses can help bring you, you don't even know what and I think a lot of times we get caught up on the monetary support mm-hmm. we don't think about supporting in other ways like yeah. volunteering a like yeah. a retweet Posting a shout out Instagram, Instagram yeah. Facebook share or whatever like yeah. You know, sometimes you know, just being a listening ear. Like, yeah, like it's hard. So you want to yeah. be like talk to somebody that's gonna understand and not judge you for like, oh, if it's so stressful, then just quit. Right. Kind of deal. So you can support people just by being there for them. Yeah. Even if you don't have the money to buy what they doing, refer them to somebody right. who might my have money. money. Well, it's just like we talk about friends. It's like just show up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever in whatever way you can. Just show up, like, mm-hmm. cause it's like you said, it's not all about money. Like I, like I never expected for everybody to just be like, yeah, let me buy a box. Cause I mean, college, initially our target market was college students. Mm-hmm. College students have thirty dollars a month. Right. No, so I knew some people were gonna be like, oh, this is real nice. <laughs> That's it. You know what I mean? But like, I just wanted people to show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and luckily I have I, I I'm surrounded by people that are just so supportive, and I think it's there's an energy, right? Because mm-hmm. like I I show up, mm-hmm. so it's like I think people they reciprocate that, right? So they feel like okay, I'm about to show up for him. So you know, it's great to have that surrounding, but mm-hmm. you know, I just woo, that's one thing we have to because I mean we're like the ghost generation. Yeah. I don't know what it is like. Whether it be romantic relationships, business, family, estate. whatever, we people will literally just like disappear. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, I think that's just what I would like to see change. But other than that, I'm so excited. So where do you see uh, Detroit in five years, and how do you think we can impact where to be in five years? Oh wow! So Detroit is definitely—I mean, I think it's very clear Detroit is moving forward. Um, quick, fast, it really, and quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, I think that we're kind of at like a pivotal moment where, like I said, like we have a decision to make. Like, are we going to be involved? Obviously, the people sitting in this room, right, have decided that they're going to be involved, right? Yes. So it's like. By and large, we need like the numbers to rise of people who are gonna really own that and say like, you know what, this is my city, and no matter who's in charge or who moves in or who moves out, like this is my city, mm-hmm. and like just having that loyalty to Detroit. I, I was I just ended a three year long relationship, and um, uh, the one of the reasons why that ended, I mean, it's it's all like it's so smooth, it was mutual, but like one of the reasons why is because you know he just could not understand my loyalty to the city. It's long distance, right? So it's like you kind of get to a point where it's like either you're going to move here or I'm going to move there or we're going to move somewhere else together. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not leaving. Like, <laughs> you know what, though? Me and her used to get into arguments with people all the time all about the time. Detroit. Like, about why would city? you leave? Like, no, this is the perfect time for you to launch whatever you're trying to do. Whatever you're trying to do. We used to be getting into full-fledged yeah. debates like with people that I love. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We them cool. for a couple weeks because it's like, why would you, like, I, New York City is my favorite city yeah, in the entire New world. Smooth. New York is amazing and I would love to live there eventually. However, for what I want to do, making a name for myself in New York would be way harder than it would be yeah, in Detroit. Detroit. Absolutely. And then it's like, okay, you made yourself a name in New York. Now what? Right. You know what I mean? Like who, like my thing is like my whole thing has always been legacy. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like, I just want, I want to have offspring and I want them to be like, yo, my dad did the first like, restaurant week. Yes. He got to train like this. He got to train like this. You know what I mean? Like, I want that. I don't want it to be like my dad moved to New York and was so loud on Instagram. And like, now he gets like 14.2 thousand followers. Like, I'm not, no, that's not a legacy. You know? And then people are so quick to be like, well, Detroit don't support nobody. Why? Um, 
it's like, you know, if I move to Atlanta, I'm going to get popping. Like, Lies. You know how many Detroiters move to Atlanta, Atlanta and nine and months they back? Literally nine. I've counted. It's like an average of nine months. Listen, I'm so serious. And then it's about your work ethic. And, and it's about your product. Because, I mean, honestly, if it's bad. Like, and it's about what you're reciprocating be because here, it's going to be bad. It's Atlanta. Atlanta. Right. But also, right. those same people that talk about Detroiters not showing up, I don't see them at, at anything. anything. Like, I don't see them purchasing products from black-owned businesses or from businesses that just your friends own here. Like, you are asking me what to go see or where right. to go on the weekend. It's like, right. why? 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 But that's, that's the thing. I think a lot of people are projecting. Yeah. I think a lot of people are saying, like, you know, like, it's the same thing with, like, black restaurants. Like, mm-hmm. people will be like, oh, the service was so bad at this restaurant and it was black owned. That's why I don't support black businesses. And it's like... That one business. That one you, business. Well, I mean, yeah. And even if that... But the thing is, did you offer any feedback? at all because I'm not saying that they don't know but the more you hear something it's like oh dang you know what maybe, maybe we need to look at our serving staff again if you don't know something again. is a problem how are you going to be able to fix it exactly I think people, don't, people don't have that mindset like that's kind of how I am because I work in a coaching environment where if you don't tell me that my employee did something wrong I might not catch it and may not be able to coach them so when right. I go to places and they do stuff wrong like I use the cafeteria at my job for example it was a giant eggshell in my breakfast and I was like gonna take the route of let me fill out this survey and be rude but instead I just kind of went down there because you know they're they're young black guys they're, they're trying to have jobs they're you know they're doing what's best for them at this time right. so I don't want anybody to lose their job or anything like that because of a small complaint yeah. so I just went down there like hey I don't know if you can see but and if it hadn't been anybody else because like our CEO still works in our building mm-hmm. so if we not take don't have that mindset of correction then like you said we're going to keep being like oh well I don't support black business because of this but that doesn't make it better and it's I think it's a problem at that point how no, you talk absolutely. to people too it's, it's definitely about how you ask for support and how you offer your feedback because I think a lot of people they don't know how to take feedback or they don't know how to provide it in a way that's constructive and people can learn from it mm-hmm. like if you just like if you just stand in front of somebody telling them all the things that are wrong or whatever they're doing they're not going to receive it in a way that says hey maybe I should look at this pro- this you know process and change it they're going to be like get the fuck out my damn face there's a, a, a rapper that I know here who recently moved back to the city and he's constantly criticizing the music scene in the city and it's like but I never see you collaborate with anyone that I know, and I know a lot of people who could be a benefit to you, and he never has anything positive to say about the scene either. It's like, so you've got all these complaints, and you the, the criticism is, is well thought out, it's well placed, it is justified as hell. But you don't have anything positive yeah. to say about it either. And it's you're like, not contributing to, you're not contributing. to change this. Well, and all he's doing, I mean, or he or she, is all they're doing is like kind of creating like this energy yep. against themselves. And I yeah. mean, I really stand firm in the fact that like people don't necessarily remember what you said, but they definitely remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you can determine how someone's making you feel pretty quickly in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to the point where you kind of shut off. Like, yeah. I, like I've actually said, I've been to Cuzzo's awesome food like I love it and I've seen where like a customer has been like irate about something that you know was pretty wrong like it was wrong but like at this point it's like the server is just like okay like you just humiliated me in front of the entire restaurant so like if I was about to try and help you I'm I'm definitely not about to help you now my goal is just to get you out of here as quickly as possible so you know I just I think delivery is really a big thing Mm -hmm. but like it's just with with our people, we are so harsh 
on like our own mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. because we will roll up in a white establishment and something will be wrong. The whole and we'll place will be, like, be on fire. Excuse me. Hi, um, can I just talk to you for a second? Oh, is that you know? No. If we even say anything at all, right? Some people, but, uh, oh, you know, it's it okay. You make an excuse, right? Roll up in a black establishment. Ah, uh-uh. why is line so long? Why I gotta wait? Come on, like really? These you gonna do us like that? Colors. And that really ties me back into what I was saying about like I feel it's kind of a really interesting fork in the road to be at because I'm so like black, 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 but my people are so like nah. Mm-hmm. To me, pers- like from a personal standpoint, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't. I don't understand how. I mean, I guess I do understand how from a research standpoint, but I guess from a common sense standpoint, yeah, yeah, I don't absolutely. understand how we can be like such an oppressed people and yet oppressed. And I mean, I guess I get it. Hurt people hurt people, mm-hmm. right? But like, come on, y'all. Like, I get. Yeah, I'm on. like, why do we keep? Why are we still making the same mistakes? It's at a point where like. The same situation is going to happen over and over again, and we're yeah. not learning from it. That's insanity. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's literally stupid. insanity. Like, we're looking at the same thing over and over again, and there's no learning. Like, there's no learning curve. There's yeah. no learning points. It's nothing. Just like these trending topics on Twitter. Like, people talk about splitting rent, $200 dates, and, like... <laughs> It's terrible. Um, t- they talked about tipping earlier today. And it's like, okay, y'all have all this criticism, but who's actually going to change their behavior? Yeah. Or even look at what you're criticizing. Like, they were talking about tipping. You shouldn't tip a server because you wouldn't tip a police officer. What? And it's like, like, are you going to change your behavior? Are you, if you're not going to change your behavior, are you at least in this conversation opening yourself up to the other perspective? Because if not, there's no point in me engaging yeah, no you. You're not here. recognizing my point of view. Why? Why would I sit here and talk to you? I don't want to yeah. talk to you. And people are like, oh, it's just Twitter. Oh, this is entertainment. Blah blah blah. It is entertainment until you realize how stupid somebody is. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we also we also know and have proof of how much Twitter and social media period impacts our lives. Twitter and social media impacts our everyday where we want to, you know, admit it or not. It has a role in yeah. our blood. Yeah. So whatever you say is going to be taken in that literal context. I mean, the president sends out national messages <laughs> And we about ready to go to war. So right. And we found out through a tweet. Like, we literally that. found out stuff through a tweet. I mean, we have we have gotten businesses closed down. We've gotten people fight. Like, so many things have happened just off social media. So you can't put this point of view out there and then be like, oh, well, it's just Twitter. Oh, these just jokes. No, it's not just. It's I mean, not. Be mad when somebody corrects you. Like, right. Somebody got to do it. I would rather be my friends. Like, I would rather for somebody in this room to be like, girl, no, no. you ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Versus me, like, having to deal with it from a stranger. I completely That's agree. Just, I completely okay. agree. Well, I guess one um, one other thing I do want to say, um, so like I said, Strange Juice is becoming like really event-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the box will always be the box and that'll be like our bread and butter. But um, events and experiences is really what we're nice. moving into. Um, so like uh, we're already working uh, for next summer. It's called ROI. It's called the Return of Idlewild. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. Idlewild has been in a very interesting situation for mm-hmm. the last year. They canceled their music festival this year really? um, because they just that. didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of response mm-hmm. um, so they did they did roll um, some of the events from the music festival into the women's luncheon that they do mm-hmm. um, every year but um, just as a backstory for anybody that doesn't know what Idlewild is beyond the movie um, <laughs> Idlewild is a town um, in northern Michigan um, that 
at one point was considered the Black Eden, and it had over 35 motels and 25 restaurants, and now those numbers sit at three and one. So you have three um, hotels, motels there, um, and one restaurant, but then of course you have all of these like cabins that are owned more so privately mm -hmm. um, by individuals and families and things like that. I think a few Zetas actually own quite right. a few cabins up there. Absolutely. Um, that is a pretty cool situation. Um, so the whole goal is to kind of make this like the, the black version of Detroit up north. So, um, I mean, it'll be everything from like kayaking and canoeing to like beach volleyball and bonfires to a concert, to fireworks, just an entire weekend dedicated to having a good time and some slight debauchery at yes. Idlewild and bringing, yes. and bringing money debauchery. back to Idlewild because Idlewild um, in the 50s and 60s was huge. I mean, at that point, obviously, we were still segregated mm -hmm. and um, the reason why it even picked up is because that was one of the only places that people of color could go. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, I guess fortunately and unfortunately, when segregation ended, um, black people started to go places that they previously couldn't go to. So Idlewild kind of lost its spark. Mm -hmm. um, and in turn, it's been kind of like... Yeah, struggling. Yeah, it's been struggling ever since. Sounds so. like we need to buy a cabin up in Idlewild. Right, yeah, no, seriously. Or in the least, just come to ROI next year. Yeah, um, so it's going to be next summer? Yeah, it's next summer. Um, we're trying, like, I'm I'm working to, like, I, I, I believe in, like, doing, like, every giving everything is due diligence. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we could have probably pulled this off by the end of this summer if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. But, like, but the things that we vision. want, like, the vision that we have for ROI is just so huge mm -hmm. that, like, I was like, you know what, let's just give it a year. Yes. And really like put the work in mm -hmm. and get the performers that we need and all of that. So. I like the name too. It's yes. yeah. Well, if you know, so ROI from a business standpoint yeah, stands for investment. return on investment, yeah. right? So return of Idlewild is like what it is. But yeah, it's that's exactly what it is. The return on our investment, you mm -hmm. know, and just trying to keep something alive mm -hmm. that our like people before us like really pumped a lot of money into. That's um, gonna so. be like Detroit's Coachella. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm hoping it's like the Midwest. Yeah, Coachella. Yeah, 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 I want people to come from far and wide um, for it. But um, if you're listening out there, you should be getting some correspondence soon. I'm Andre three stacks since you were in the Iowa. <laughs> so yeah, we're aiming. Yeah, no, we're aiming to get some really big performers for it. It's okay. not like a music festival weekend. It'll literally be a day mm -hmm. of concerts, but um, but it'll be a weekend of, of festivities. Yeah. yeah, I can so. see that like bridging that generational gap that we always talk about mm -hmm. because the boomers and yep. the people before them, they know what I yeah. was and that could be something that could be like, you know, kind of a middle ground. Yeah. We would have yeah. something in common that Especially we could talk about. Especially a lot of absolutely. older black performers from Detroit in the city, they probably have tons of stories that they yeah. would be happy oh, to absolutely. come up there and talk to us about. Well, it. we already talked about one of the days having what's called a skirt trot. So mm -hmm. they used to have um, an event basically where people would get like extremely dressed up mm -hmm. um, and like hit the beach and they would like release lanterns mm -hmm. and it would be like a whole thing. So just trying to get people who are alive that, that experience yeah, that to like lead that <laughs> and that would really be, I think that would really like bridge yeah. like that gap oh, there that'd be such an amazing ritual yeah I'd yeah. Yes. yeah no I'd, I'd, I'd <laughs> like, that. yeah yeah so like um, yeah Strange Roots is Roots of Strange yeah. So, yeah. 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 we have one last question for you okay Oh, okay. <laughs> um, if, <laughs> if you could erase everything um, and switch careers, what would you choose? 
I'd be dancing right now. I would definitely be dancing. Um, yeah, I'd probably, I was aiming for like Philodenko or like Alvin Ailey or something like that. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, yeah. I, um, that's what I'd be doing. I think it just, dance like really just, I can't even explain it. It kind of like speaks to my soul. Like I hear music and it's just like, I mean, my shoulders go back and I'm just like, oh, like time, you know what I mean? And like, I'm even like a different person at concerts. Like, yeah. I went to, like I went to the Mayo concert at L Club and like you guys know what L Club. Yeah. So there's the space where people. I was like over here by the bar, yes. giving full eight counts. Like yes. I was just like going in. Like I dressed because I knew I was coming to dance. Cause it just, I don't know. I I live vicariously through all my dancer friends. Mm-hmm. I still think that one day I'm gonna find myself either in the studio or owning a studio or something. Oh, I think Strange Roots is definitely gonna be your, your avenue to Oh yeah. To do that. Oh, it's gonna yeah. be like your nice little nest egg to be like, oh I can do whatever. I can do what whatever I want. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you can even target the market of there's dance schools that don't provide care factors. Absolutely. And that's the thing, it's like we have so many people and like when you talk about the topic of care, mm-hmm. right? There are so many people, just people of color in general, in whatever situations that need care. care. Yeah. And like dance right now. Very white. That's yeah, about very white. But I mean, in just every capacity, like I spoke earlier, like prayerfully by the end of the year, we can get um, with the Michigan State Department of Corrections. Cause like it's rough because they're very strict about what you can and cannot send and yeah. mm-hmm. Um so it is rough because like obviously like certain sharp objects and things that yeah. turn into weapons, blah blah blah. Even certain books on certain topics, yep. just like certain things you just can't send and mm-hmm. um, to be honest like so every box comes with a book a toiletry a snack item like a wild card item mm-hmm. um, so like certain things we just can't send yeah. and like when you think about like our locked up brothers and sisters right it's like just imagine like how out of touch yeah, they, are. they become it's like they get yeah, released and you're just like it's like they're stuck in whatever year they went in yeah you know and it's like I think that this box can really kind of keep them on the pulse yeah and they, I mean, they need that like they do even my brother is currently incarcerated okay. and um, he was sending me like a list of books that he wanted and then like a day later he's like actually scratch that because I can't have those type of books mm-hmm. and what like made me angry about it is they were spiritual books mm-hmm. so here it is he's trying to get his life right he's yep. trying to learn about God and he's trying to do better and you are telling him he can't have these books yep. and I said to him like well, no, why do you think that is and he's like oh they just kind of, you know they're trying to control my mind they don't want me to think that I can do better when I get out of here no, and I'm they like don't. That's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So. But you know what? And just even like outside of in avenues where like we talked about um, dance spaces where mm-hmm. they're predominantly white, like Michaela <clears throat> DePrince, which she dealt with. Yes. Um, or just like people who are in all white workspaces, mm-hmm. like they don't have that care system or network that they need. And they're trapped in mm-hmm. this like mindset of like different or other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that what you're doing is very, very important. And it, it, it adds value. Definitely. So yeah. It adds yeah. so much value. Yeah. Well, all right. right. So I think that's that was it. all we had for you. Yes. If you could give us like all your social media handles yeah. and stuff where so people can find you, okay. where they can get the bots. Yeah. Let our listeners know. Um, so you can visit to order or subscribe to the box. You can order one box. You can. We also sell the items individually that we feature in each box on our website. Um, so strangeroots.co. 
um, not.com, but .co is our site. Um, Instagram is at Strange Roots. Facebook is the Strange Roots box. Um, and that's pretty much it. We looked at Twitter, but uh-huh, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely check us out. If you're interested in uh, being or having a strange pal, uh, send us an email and we will send some correspondence to you in August once we get back into school. Um, if you have any information that can maybe expedite this process with the Michigan State Department of Corrections, please send me an email at Kwaku, which is K-W-A-K-U at strangeroots.co. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Again, Metro Detroit Black Restaurant Restaurant Week, the first ever, August 21st through the 27th, 2017. Oh yeah, we definitely yeah. gonna be talking about it on our yes. uh, yeah. Don't worry, there will be, yeah, please do. Like, please do. Because yeah. they need to meet us if they yeah. don't know us. Yeah. Of course. I mean, we'll be having an actual like branding photo shoot soon yes. because I realized that not a lot of people have seen our faces yeah they've seen our faces they've seen our faces but a lot or of people have people that have seen my faces yeah. that haven't seen right. exactly. exactly so exactly. there will be more branding for the new yes. kids yeah. as well but yeah um, to keep up on the new kids you can follow us on twitter at the new kids LLC send us an email at the new kids LLC um, at gmail.com check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes at the New Kids LLC y'all know our individual handles um, our ratchet twitter our ratchet twitter <laughs> <laughs> uh, my Instagram is pretty professional I don't I don't have an Instagram my Insta is Insta yes <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah so yeah the New Kids are out over and out guys <laughs> Hey guys, my name is Hania Cross, but everybody calls me Honey. I'm a project manager and creative consultant. Currently, I offer event and brand management services to creative entrepreneurs in the city. You can find me on Instagram at Honey underscore Spiffy. That's at Honey underscore S-P-I-F-F-Y. Or you can visit my website at www.hania-cross.com.